0: Welcome back to podcast nineteen of two thousand twenty-three. I'm your host Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us the Eyesbreakers. Follow us on social media slash the Eyesbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by Shock Quality Bets for thirty percent off Shock Quality bets please visit shockwall use the promo code odds 23 get a new perspective in betting college basketball if you'd like to support the odds and benefit from our premium plays please visit theoddsbreakers.com click shop and become a member pick any for winning captors get their premium plays for line moves you can also support us on patreon.com and if nothing else please visit the odds and become a free picks newsletter subscriber and also, please visit the Ozbreakers to get into our free college basketball tournament challenge. All you have to do is write a five-star review, retweet the podcast, send us a screenshot at info to qualify for $500 worth of prizes for first, second, and third place. Make sure you do so. I've already had some people get on board before we even set it up. We have a great show for you today because I'm going solo to talk about some of the big games tomorrow doing this late at night to get the lines i guess for uh some of these big games obviously a lot has happened this week in college basketball it's amazing to see ohio state get so far in the big 10 tournament already in the quarterfinals here they got to play purdue they got by michigan state they got by wisconsin and michigan it's just uh the Big Ten's kind of a mess. Probably a little bit of an overrated conference. I hate to say it as a Big Ten fan, but let's face the facts here. There is just no guard play going on in the Big Ten. Another big upset. Marquette take it out can, uh, UConn. That was uh, a little closer than it should have been. There was some shenanigans with some of the calls towards the end of that game. But I still give credit for Marquette to staying strong. And uh, coming off the victory, they really did it by defense. They kind of took UConn's game and uh, turned it against them a little bit. So that was cool. I mean, they three and three-and-a-half-point dogs. It wasn't that big of a victory. But big enough, definitely noticeable. And obviously, Missouri beat Tennessee. I was on Missouri plus the six, sprinkled the money line a little bit and was really happy with that outcome. Missouri coming through tough in the clutch here and taking out the guardless Vols. So, uh, knew it was going to happen at some point to Rick Barnes, and I was glad to be on Missouri at that point. I did fade Tennessee a little bit against Mississippi State. Mississippi State massively choked. Actually, Ole Miss. It was Ole Miss that choked uh, about... Close to a tie at halftime. Lost by 15 points. The spread was about 12. So that happened. Uh, North Texas lost to UAB. These two teams were pretty close and rated, though. I mean, UAB was actually the slight favorite in this game. So some fireworks already today in college basketball. Upsets galore, my friends. Just came back from watching Creighton lose to Xavier bad I did have Creighton plus 340 in the uh Piggies tournament too but nicely I had Vanderbilt at the plus seven and a half I went to plus eight and a half I was like seriously I put a little back on plus eight and a half and uh a little on that money line which was nice too at the plus 530 so some crazy upsets so far in this tournament but now Virginia is about over and it looks like it's going to be Virginia versus Duke for the most part and Vanderbilt versus Texas A&M so those lines are not out just yet but I'm going to start talking about the Ivy League Cornell versus Yale and, and I usually stay away From the Ivy League, but Yale's number 68 on Ken Palm. Cornell's 142. Yale has one loss in their last 11-ish games, and it was against Penn. It was an away game. But, you know, Cornell, super fast-paced team. No defense being played. I mean, they're looking at this as being a pretty high total, even though Yale likes to slow it down some. This last game between these teams, Cornell beat Yale 94 to 82. Now, do I want to bet the over here? It's going to be high. 155, 156 is what you're going to get? Yeah, probably not. Uh, in this type of situation, these two teams are just starting their Ivy League tournament games, and I could see a little bit more defense being played in this situation especially from Yale. If anything, I would lean Yale in this situation, even though they lost earlier to Cornell, but it was an away team, it, 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 away game. It, it's like Cornell was very hot this game. Let's look at the stats. I mean, Cornell was hitting their twos at a 54% clip, and they're hitting their threes at a 48% clip. Well, That's pretty much... What happened in that game just couldn't miss from three and basically really good from two as well. So got a lot of rebounds, uh, 21 defensive rebounds, kind of did it as well as some turnovers. Uh, They got 16 turnovers. So There you go, 16 turnovers to eight turnovers. Yale just had a very sloppy game. This is why you're seeing Yale favored. Minus six, eh, it's probably pretty fail. I would say that's fair. Uh, maybe it's even slightly high, but I'm going to stay away from this game. UMass Lowell versus Vermont. Vermont's minus five with a little juice here at minus 115. The total on this one is 140.5. So in this situation, uh, Vermont's just the best team in this class. I mean, they have the third longest active win streak of 14 games in a row. Most of these teams in the America East Conference are terrible, like Binghamton, (laughs) uh, Maine, Albany, I guess Baltimore, Maryland. The retrievers there that had that awesome upset against Virginia four or five years ago is 254th. And then, of course, uh, UMass Lowell is 134. But, you know, Vermont's just the uh, class of the division. Now, the weird thing about Vermont, they do not – rebound the ball well ranking 358th on offense they're really great at defensive rebounds they really get back on defense they play a slower paced game while umass lowell doesn't play as much defense a little bit faster they do get a lot of offensive rebounds not as many as defensive rebounds but they shoot the three really well ranking 14th in three-point percentage while vermont can't defend the three really well 248th allowing 35 percent Three points, so that's where it would definitely worry me uh to back Vermont. But I mean, Vermont seems to be the team put together well. Only fourteen point four session percent of turnovers is ninth in the nation, and turning the ball over—that's fantastic. And while that's UMass Lowell's issue, three hundred second in turnovers, so that's how they lose the game. They get sloppy and they can turn it over. And the fact that they're playing fast, things can spin. Definitely out of control. So I agree with the efficiency sites, five, six. Yeah, and that's what the line is. So I don't want to really want to mess with that one. Next game, you have Purdue against Ohio State. Purdue minus seven, total 134.5 in Ohio State, man. I tried to fade them against Wisconsin and Michigan. <laughs> Big mistakes. I'm glad I laid off against Michigan State. The steam started coming in. And I was like, if this gets to five, I might just back Ohio State. Never got to five. I ended up going golfing with my uncle. Beautiful day, by the way. 80 degrees, overcast, no wind. It was wonderful. Uh, yeah, Purdue, I mean, Zach Eady is just a monster inside. I think Ohio State's terrible inside without uh, Zach Key. They're big man. You know, he's missed a lot of games, but they've seemed to be better since that's happened. It's just finally someone lit a fire up Ohio State's ass and they're playing some defense here. You know, I mean, this last game only went to 126 points. You know, and this is going to be a bigger total here. Probably around 138, 139 with Purdue. Ken Palm has 142, but we know it's going to be a little bit different than that. Super lean to the under on this. Purdue's a slow-paced team with Zach Eady. They focus on defense, but if I had to make a bet... I still would bet Purdue just because I think inside they're just that much better. You know, Ohio State struggles to defend the big man while Purdue's got maybe the best big man in the Big Ten and Zach Eady. That's where they have a massive uh, advantage here. So, you know, seven points. Do I want to mess with Ohio State again? Not really. But at the same time, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Purdue took care of business. It's one of those things. If you faded a team a couple times and lost, there's a reason you faded them. Why go on the opposite side and then all of a sudden get, get killed? You're finally right on the wrong game. Missouri versus Bama. Missouri plus nine. Bama just completely took care of business against Mississippi State. Nine's a massive number. And Missouri's a little bit of a desperate team, I would say. They're definitely... You know, I I wouldn't think that they would be out with the Kentucky win, the Illinois win. What am I talking about? They're in for sure. Haslamatis has them as a six seed. Well, geez, they're playing extremely well. Alabama's a powerful team. They out-athlete teams. Missouri's a very fast-paced team themselves. 39th in average possession length, 6th in offensive efficiency, 188th in defensive efficiency, yet... They kind of stepped up their defense against Tennessee there but I also got to understand that Tennessee didn't have their point guard, you know. <laughs> That's where they got screwed up here. This total is going to be 159, probably 158. And now I lean to the over. I would possibly lean to the over, but Alabama's just been shutting people down defensively. They shut Mississippi down Allowing 49 points, you know, so that's a little worrisome. I I I'm not betting the under in this game. There's no way. But do I bet the side? Do I take the dog? Do I fade Alabama in this situation? Missouri did play Alabama. Got toasted by 21 points. Missouri's been so inconsistent, you know. When they lost to Mississippi State, it was a head scratcher by nine points didn't score 52 points in that game when they lost to Florida back in January. That was at least when Florida had their best player playing. But nothing too serious of losses. I, I mean, yeah, I, I'm going to give you a strong lean to the Missouri side here. Um, little worrisome with Alabama. I If Alabama steps that defense up, both teams play fast. This game could spin out of control like an NBA game pretty quick. Missouri just terrible at rebounding the ball, terrible. If they're not hitting the shot, oh, they can just get smoked. 362 in defensive rebounds, 226 in offensive rebounds. That's the ugly stat. Now, I was on Missouri at least today, but not sure if I'm going to get to the window with the nine yet. I'm going to wait a little bit and cap it a little bit deeper tomorrow. Uh, VCU versus St. Louis. I saw VCU handle St. Louis easily. This year. Now that was at home, but VCU is just a much better team. And if you remember, I'm doing a money line rollover with VCU. So at this point, VCU is going to be uh a minus three and a half, minus 165. So I have 1.4 units. So I started with a unit. Uh, so we're going to keep that money line rollover going on here. I think they take care of business simply against St. Louis. And once they face Dayton, is where they possibly would be. Pick them or a dog. I I don't know where that's going to be, but you figure Dayton's going to take care of Fordham. If not, there goes your money line rollover. But hey, BC was only plus 200 in this tournament anyway. Pennsylvania versus Princeton. Another Ivy League situation here. Princeton has been a great team in the past, right? I mean, they're 132nd in the... Ken Palm. So they're second best in the Ivy League. They're favored by three points or four points here against Penn. Uh, The issue I guess with Penn is that Penn took them overtime uh, just their last game on March 4th. So that was a little bit of a nail-biter, I guess. Uh, Penn won a bunch of games in a row, about eight games in a row before that, but it was, again, one of them was against Yale, the top team, but it was at home. So I'm thinking Penn, not the greatest away team. I think that uh, Princeton here is an interesting look at the minus two and a half. Could be a nail bite or two. Maybe think about the money line in that one. So I'm going to give you a strong lean to Prince, uh, Princeton. They could make my card for sure in this situation. Cincinnati versus Houston. Houston's at minus nine and a half. And. You know, Cincinnati fought hard so far this tournament, beaten Temple easily. Um, I guess fought hard in their only game, but you know, I mean, Cincinnati was an interesting team coming in. They're ranked fifty third on Ken Palm. seems to be a little high, but when they, you know, faced the better teams like Memphis, you know, they stepped up well in competition, lost away by only three. You know, they when they played Houston away, they only lost by six points, and now they're nine and a half points on the neutral. So Uh, They play well, but they did lose uh, Rob Finnessy early in the season. But they kind of, you know, overcame a lot of that. Playing the big teams tough. They lost to Houston the first game back in January by 13. Probably a pretty fair line. And my problem with Houston is I think that they're not the number one team in the nation like Ken Palm is saying. So it's not like, you know, Ken Palm's got a 10-point. I think the... In fact that's nine and a half. The market somewhat agrees with me there. I, it's, I I finding I would probably have to take Cincinnati, but I don't want to touch this game. Seems to be a, a bit of a nail biting type game. Fordham versus Dayton. Dayton's minus six and a half total of this game is one thirty. Dayton was missing that one of their best players again, and I thought he came back this year in Kobe Ellis, but he didn't play their last game against St. Joseph. So, you know, uh, yeah, he came back on January 21st, and then, you know, scores a little bit a couple times. He went to single digits for a bunch of games in a row. Something's wrong with him. I believe it's his knee. His injury report now says out indefinitely again. So he's toast. I mean, they have a couple other injuries as well. I'm not even going to attempt to say this name, Mike Sherevan-Jomps or something. It, it's Apologies, but he's looks like he's very questionable. Doesn't score a lot of points, kind of a, a bit of a role player. 21 minutes, 7 minutes, 20 minutes, 24. But still, it, it thins out Dayton here. There's no way I'm going to play Dayton, but Fordham, <laughs> I don't think I bet Fordham once this whole year. All their games are against like 100s to the 200s. When they played one good team early in November, it was Arkansas, the 19th-ranked Arkansas, lost by like 30-some points. Uh, their biggest win is against number 94 St. Louis at home. You know, when they played uh, Dayton, they lost 82-58 to 58 on January 10th. <laughs> so, you know, uh, no chance I'm going to be taking Fordham in this situation. Uh, UAB versus Florida Atlantic. Now, this is at UAB plus one. The total is 148. I'm taking UAB here. This is definitely going to be a play for me. I'm fading Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic is a pretty short team. Okay. So um, they don't do that great on the rebounds while UAB is number ninth in offensive rebounds. Not so great on the defense at 196th. But, uh, you know, UAB, great three point shooting team, ranking 32 in the nation. Uh, Florida Atlantic, they show very solid on offense, 30th in efficiency, 39th on defensive efficiency, decent at turnovers, but there's nothing that outstanding about them. And they don't really get to the line that well. You know, they don't draw enough fouls. They shoot a ton of threes, they rank 31st in three point attempts. So I find that interesting. How is that going to go? If you can't score on the inside because you're small, you can't get a lot of those rebounds. UAB has a couple guys, 6'11", 6'8", 6'9". You know, a couple of their guards are smaller, but when UAB played Florida Atlantic, they won 86-77 to at home. They did lose to Florida Atlantic by two way back in January as an awake team. I think UAB gets them. They just beat a good north texas team on a uh, uh, in this tournament so. also if you look on uh, bart torvik since the third week of january uab ranks 33rd in the nation florida atlantic ranks 41st in the nation i just think uab is the better team we're gonna grab them for 2.5 stars it's me I'm a little fucked up maybe but i'm funny how i mean funny like i'm a clown i amuse you i make you laugh i'm here to fucking amuse you What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? (laughs) So there's a couple games that are not lined yet. And that is obviously the Vanderbilt versus Texas A&M. I mean, how far can Vanderbilt keep going without Liam Robbins? They're just doing fantastic. But Texas A&M is going to be a big favorite here. It's probably going to be about five points, I assume. Let's see if Ken Palm even has that up, being that that this just ended. And uh, they do. Uh, Texas AM and five points, just like I thought. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, what you say about Vanderbilt's kind of like the Ohio State in this situation, although I thought Vanderbilt was a better team than Ohio State, being that they have a lot better regular season wins against Arkansas and Tennessee, Pittsburgh, you know? But, I mean, Texas AM and m is just all-around better. 31st in adjusted offensive efficiency, 31st and. In- Fifth in defense. I mean, they can go hot and cold, though, from uh, from three points and two points. I mean, 258th in effective field goal percentage is not great. Uh, this Vanderbilt team, lots of momentum behind them. They're really fighting to get in the tournament. Dog fighting to get in the tournament here. Five point dog. <laughs> Ugh, stay away from me. I am not touching this game. Uh, and Vanderbilt, though, they don't play a ton of defense. 161st. In defensive efficiency, yeah, five points going to be a good spread. I, I trust the efficiency sites in some of these situations. What I what I like to look at is the matchups themselves, and the uh, home road splits. Well, Vanderbilt matches up pretty well. Uh, they have a few other guys that are very capable of playing defense uh, down low, like Jordan Wright. Um, you know, he's been pretty good. Six ten, Quinton Melora Brown. It's doing fantastic right now. So, yeah, I mean, pretty good vendor. I mean, they're they're solid. Stackhouse has just been a great coach so far. So not really interested in just fading them in this situation. But I will give you one more play, and there's no line on this yet. And it's gonna be probably Virginia minor or Duke probably minus two. I'm going to say when this comes out, I'm t- I'm playing Duke in this game. Uh, Duke's been really, really surprisingly good. Now, they do get a little bit of a bump. Being that they're Duke, uh, from an officiating standpoint, if you watch that Miami game, you probably agree with me. But, you know, that's just another reason to take them. You know, I mean Duke is not the same team that we saw for most of the season. As a matter of fact, in Bart Torvik, Duke is number 19th since the third week of January, you know. I mean, that's pretty important. Virginia is number 58 since the third week of January. You know? And uh, I'm not going to give them too much credit for uh, beating North Carolina or whoever the heck they beat today. It was definitely a, a blow for Virginia. They were, it seemed like they have a really easy road. A bad North Carolina team, an overrated Clemson team. Now, they can play some defense, but, man, I'll tell this, uh, Kyle Filipowski has been fantastic. Seven feet, he's rebounding the ball, he's running fast. Jeremy Roach is doing great. Um, Yeah, I, I think Duke takes care of business. I don't want to lay over two. I would lay uh, money line play if it happens to do that. But I, I really think that Duke uh, takes control here and, uh, and and wins this thing. Alright, my friends. Well, that's all I have for you tonight on this impromptu podcast where the lines kind of just came out. Gave you some of my early thoughts. Unfortunately, some of the data that I really like on Bartorvik as well as Haslametrics is not out yet. It's got a refresh for tomorrow as well as a couple of the lines are not out for a few of these games. I think the toledo Kent State game is going to be fantastic as well. As a matter of fact, Toledo's last loss was way back on January 10th against Kent State they have the nation's longest win streak at 17 games this is going to be a barn burner here I'm excited for the MAC championship Toledo fantastic at scoring they they don't play a ton of defense but does it matter Kent State not a good scoring team plays really good defense so (laughs) it's going to be offense versus defense here we go on the uh, neutral court one thing I will say is uh, Toledo's Struggled a little bit against Ohio more than they probably should have. You know, it's uh, that was a pretty close game. So if they're not hitting, uh, they can be in a lot of trouble. If you have any questions for the odds breakers, feel free to tweet us at the odds uh, Be checking in for some articles for the Sunday Championship Finals Selection Sunday, my friends. It's all going to happen early next week. We're going to have a podcast Monday, podcast Tuesday, podcast Wednesday, as well as some uh, probably some videos popping up as well enjoy the rest of the games enjoy your weekend go get some winners